You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast. It's been a very interesting news-filled week for your New York Giants with Dave Gettleman retiring, with Joe Judge being fired, with John Mara speaking to the media this week. And here to help me break all of that down is veteran NFL and Giants reporter Ralph Facciano of SNY. Ralph, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, spending some time. Oh, my pleasure, Ed. Thanks for having me. Hey, so let's kind of go backwards. Okay. Let's let's like start. The Giants. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I stepped right into that one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. Let's talk about let's talk about John Mara's press conference on Wednesday first. Okay. And you know, the thing that I led with in discussing that press conference was was his umbrage, I guess, at being questioned about the roles of family members in the front office, which is something that that you know, you see it on Twitter and all of that. People are wondering what Chris Mara does and what right. Tim McDonald does. And in the way that I put it yesterday at big blue view was I, I don't blame John, but I think it's a blind spot for John, just in how it's perceived on the outside. What, what's your thought on, on the whole thing with family in the front office? It's definitely perceived on the outside a lot worse than it is. And you know, maybe it's something that he should address because the perception certainly matters. But, you know, if you own a team and, you know, Chris is a part owner and, you know, John's nephew is part of the family. I don't know if he's got a percentage of it, but he obviously has the benefits of, of ownership. You know, I'd want to be involved to some extent if I were uh, if I was an owner of a team. And um, I think, you know, fans see that and it's an easy way to take a shot at them you know, cried nepotism. That's the reason why everything goes wrong. And and I certainly hear it from a lot of outside people like, oh, they listed to too many Maras and it's ridiculous. Um, I think John, the reality that he laid out yesterday was somewhat accurate to the extent, as I know it from 30 years of being around this team that, you know, I think there's been times in the past where Chris has had more power than, he would then John alluded to and more power than he has now, but I think it's correct that he has a voice in the scouting um, department. Uh, you know, he used to have much more in pro personnel, I believe, but now it's mostly college scouting. Uh, you know, Tim has a voice in the scouting department. He's got his, both of them have their own qualifications, by the way, they, you know, 
they could have probably worked for other NFL teams had they wanted to. They're not just, you know, guys they plucked off the street and said, hey, you know, you have no football qualifications. Go, go scout. These are guys who've worked on it for years and years. Neither of them, Tim McDonald, the, the nephew, Tim McConnell, the nephew, and, and Chris Mara, neither of them have the kind of power, though, that everybody seems to think. I, I've honestly never heard, you know, you always hear, you know, coaches and general managers and, and people in the front office will complain about a decision or a draft pick, and especially a draft pick. I've never heard somebody say to me, we hated that draft pick. That was a Chris Mara pick. Uh, you know, that was, you know, that was Tim McConnell who suggested that guy. I've always heard, you know, oh, the coach just wanted that guy and he snuck, or that was the general manager's pick. He went out on that limb. Um, you know, I've heard, you know, honestly, for when it comes to Chris, you know, Tim, Tim is not nearly as powerful as he gets credit for being. Um, but for Chris, I've heard of players he loved that the Giants didn't pick. A few years ago, I heard of a coach that he loved and was really pushing. I can't remember which coaching search it was, but that the uh, he didn't the coach didn't even get an interview. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that this is a Mara conglomerate running things. I, you know, they certainly have a voice in it, but you know, I, I think it's more collaborative and, and sometimes more GM centric than people really think it is. Interesting. You know, you you talked about the not remembering which coaching search, you know, you're, you're, you were thinking about. And what I wonder, to be honest with you, you know, John talked yesterday about hitting the reset button and I'm not sure he 100% intended to hit the reset button here, but I have long had the impression that, that the giants as as loyal as they are and, and as conservative as, as they can be, I've had this impression that they haven't wanted to hit the reset button, that they've kind of gone halfway. They used to, they used to force Tom Coughlin to, to replace a coordinator here and there. And then when, when they pushed Tom out the door, they kept Jerry and then you know, they brought in Ben McAdoo and, and then when they fired Pat Shermer, you know, they kept Dave. I have always thought, and I'm just curious if you, if you agree with me, they should have hit the reset button in 2015. The way I look at it, they should have, when they pushed Tom out the door, why not push Jerry out the door with him? Especially when John stood there and said, it's not Tom's fault. It's the players we gave him. And, and, and while they're at it, push Eli out the door and, and start over again. And I think they'd be farther ahead than they are now. I'm just curious, you know, what you think about that. I agree. Um, I, now I don't think honestly pushing Tom Coughlin out the door in 2015 was the right move. And I know that they had struggled for a couple of years, but um, I do believe that you can, you know, sometimes weather the storm, especially when you've got a, a working situation um, and, and turn it around. You know, he was actually just looking at this now. He was six and ten his last year. Right. And it was two straight years of being six and ten that got them to make a change. You know, they had some talent in place. They turned it around in the next year under Ben McAdoo when it went eleven and five. They could have made some changes on the fly and still had a better head coach there. So, um, 
you know, I wouldn't have reset then, but if that's your decision that you know Tom Coughlin's got to go, I agree, you know, hit the complete reset button and say, let's, let's start over. Now we're seeing that with hindsight um, at the time. I think they really believed Eli Manning had a few good years left. And honestly, he did play pretty well his first year and maybe both years under Ben McAdoo, definitely the first year under Ben McAdoo. Um, you know, they believed in Jerry Reese at the time. He sort of won a power struggle sounds strong, but he won a power struggle with Tom Coughlin. They believed that, you know, it was the coach more than the GM. Um, you know, and they did, you know, they, they, you're exactly right. They resist the wholesale changes that sometimes are necessary. And some of that is, all of it really has to do with the loyalty. And I know I've spoken to John Mayer about this over the years, you know, just in general about the front office. He hated and still probably hates the idea of shaking up everything because, you know, we see it as, okay, the GM goes, the coach goes, the quarterback goes great, whatever. You know, we forget the human side of it. A new GM comes in who has no ties to the giants. You're talking about, new secretaries, new support staff, new, you know, maybe some jobs are eliminated, other jobs are brought in, everything is going to change. And for the way the Giants have operated, some of these people have been in there for years. They've become like family members. You know, we're constantly talking about the Giants, quote unquote, family. Well, that's not just the GMs. That's everybody, the longtime scouts and whatever. And, you know, that's where they get into trouble. They just look at all these people like, I can't get rid of all these people. They're, they've been close to us for forever. And, yeah, at some point you got to rip off the bandaid and say let's just start over. In hindsight, 2015 probably would have been the time to do it. Um, you know, certainly at the end of the McAdoo era, you know, hiring Dave Gettleman in hindsight was a mistake. And you know, they should have at the very least had a more extensive search. I think the only outside candidate was Lewis Riddick at that time. They they were that was preordained. Dave Gettleman was going to get that job. They needed at that point to say we need a whole new way of doing things. Eli, thanks for the memories. We're getting a new quarterback. You know, we're getting a new coach, a fresh young coach, not a retread, a new young and upcoming general manager, basically what they're doing right now. And uh, they missed that window. Yeah, they did, Ralph. And that leads us to discussion of the process that the Giants are going through right now. And John was pretty, you know, I don't want to use the word somber, but he understood yesterday. He said this was the most embarrassed he's ever been about the state of the franchise. He understood that they've made some mistakes. And it does appear that the reports are that Kevin Abrams is not a candidate for the job. The Giants have cast a pretty wide net to this point. Are you encouraged by the, by the candidates that they're looking at, by the, by the way that they're approaching this process, this time, that, uh, that they have a better chance to get it right? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, you know, you never know about any of these guys until they actually take over as GM, but they are looking at a group that everybody considers the, you know, best and brightest. You know, you certainly, you could cherry pick other names. There's other guys out there that they're not talking to you know, maybe there's some guys on the list that other people around the league would be like, oh, I don't know why they're talking to him, but it's such a big search, nine known names. And from what I understand, it might grow a little bit. Um, all of them seem generally well-regarded around the league. Some of them have interviewed and been finalists for GM jobs in the past. You know, there's no, 
there's no duds. There's no, you know, you're not looking at a guy and you're saying, well, he was a failure somewhere else. Why are they looking at him? I don't understand this guy. What is it just because he's a giant scout? There's none of that. There's, it's a totally fresh approach. And, you know, with nine, at the very least, with nine different people coming in from various backgrounds, various teams, you're going to get nine really hard looks at your organization from different perspectives. And that's got to be, hopefully they're taking notes and that's got to help them. But, you know, you're getting, getting somebody from the outside who can say the way you were doing things is wrong. Here's the right way to do it can only help. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I think they're, they're doing it the right way, whether they land on the right choice or not. And we're not going to know for a few years. You, you pick a name off of that list. I'm going to be able to find somebody who says he's a bright star. He's going to be a terrific general manager. And he could go out and he could be terrible. So, you know, there, there's not going to be anybody to know right away, but it's an encouraging start, if nothing else. Yeah, exactly. I think it it is encouraging that that, you know, maybe two years ago, the plan would have been to 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 just allow, you know, Kevin Abrams to slide into that job. But I I'm with you. I I'm encouraged by the fact that that they're willing to to listen to some outside sources. But but you're right. They might hire Ryan Poles from Kansas City who's considered a, a rising star in the business. And three years from now, they might realize that, that, that he's a terrible GM, but who right. knows, you know, and the same with, with, you know, any of these guys, Joe Hortiz from, yeah. from Baltimore, any of these guys, you just, you just never know. But I think, but I think it's right for them to, to finally go outside their comfort zone. Yeah. They've, they're acknowledging that the way we do things is, has been wrong. Now, it was right a decade ago. The way, the way they operated got them to two Super Bowls, and a lot of that was because they picked the right head coach at the right time and the right quarterback at the right time. Then the way they did things didn't work, and, and now they just need somebody else to look at it. But exa- you're exactly right. Pick a guy off the list. You know, um, Brian Poles can come in and say, I love a quarterback in this draft. That quarterback could stink, and then they're you know basically screwed for four years. So um, – we're not going to know, but you know, you, you have to, you can't say they're approaching it the wrong way. They can't say they're doing the same old business. This is the way good teams operate. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience, because is it really a vacation? If you're just sitting around like you would at home, you need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
You know, and so much of this comes down to you can do all of your research, you can do all of your work, you can do all of your interviews. And so much of this comes down to luck and circumstance and making the right choice. And Ralph, that brings me to Joe Judge in a way, because honestly, the process for me of hiring Joe judge. And I know that John Mara said, you know, maybe they hurried in, in, and I think he was mostly referring to Dave Gettleman, but for me, the process of hiring Joe judge and the hire of Joe judge was not a problem because to me, the giants did something that in that instance is outside their comfort zone. It's outside what they might have been expected to do because they didn't hire the coach that was on everybody else's list. Right. They thought for themselves, they went outside the box. They took a risk on a young head coach. They thought was going to be a rising star. So I, I, I think their effort was correct. It just didn't work. Yeah. I would agree to a point. Um, I, I think that it was, it is, was a little outside a box for them. Um, I think it was still kind of a flawed process and a rushed process. And I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, everybody I talk to in the giants tells me I'm wrong about this. So consider that when I tell you what I think of their, their hiring process, I think they were so blown away by his interview and the way he acted, looked, looked, acted, looked, sound, sounded like a coach that they were swayed by that um, too much. And, and that goes back into the box of they had a vision of what a coach should look, sound, act like. And Joe Judge was, to borrow a terrible phrase, straight out of central casting. And that's why he got the job. John Mara admitted going into the process, he did not know a lot about him. He was recommended by Bill Belichick, by Nick Saban, by people he talked to, brought him in. Why not? But he absolutely began. I think they interviewed, they had seven candidates on the list at the beginning. I think they only interviewed five. He was seventh on the list. There was no question about that. And he walked in for that interview. I think he came came in with no notes, sat down and just fit the part so well. And, you know, Dave Gettleman's old school. He was in there. You know, the Maras are old school. They, They were just like, wow, this is the guy. So if you remember correctly, the hire came about almost as soon as Matt Rule pulled out. So they're bringing in Matt Rule. He's always the favorite. He gets that ridiculous offer from Carolina that giants don't want to go anywhere near that kind of money for a rookie coach or years. And rather than do another round of interviews or look at other candidates, they turned, they just said, we love this guy. Why let's, let's just forget everything else. Let's give him the the job. You know, they didn't give Don Martindale a second look. They didn't give Eric the enemy a second look or any of the other candidates. And I think they would have been better at that point saying, okay, rules are favorite. He's out. Let's bring in a couple more guys. Let's let's talk to Judge again. Let's talk to Martindale again and continue this process. But they were just they got starry eyed, and uh, you know it could have worked. It it didn't. You know it did for a year. Everybody loved him at the end of last year. You know it didn't this year, and uh, you know that's a whole other story about their lack of patience. But um, you know I, I don't think that process still was good with Joe Judge, even though he was outside. A box, he was still kind of fit their specific box too much. That's an interesting way to look at it. And speaking of Joe, we have to talk about the way this ended for Joe. Yeah. I mean, 
at the beginning of this year, we know how John felt about Joe. We know he said he's the right guy to lead us, all of those things. We know that even at midseason with the Giants struggling, he was he was telling people things like, like, we think he's, you know, he's our next Parcells. Right. And to me, you know, even, even at four and at four and seven, that wasn't a problem. They, they had a bad start to the season and I have my own theories as to why that, that, that happened. But to me, the way that things fell apart at the end of the season, I'm not sure I've ever seen a coach basically coach and talk himself out of a job as quickly as Joe did. The way this ended was just stunning because even a month ago, I would have said all they're looking for is one little shred of evidence that they can use to keep the guy. Right. And instead he just, he, he just, he blew everything up on himself. Yep. I, and look, the only thing I can compare it to, and it's definitely not the same as the end of the McAdoo era, um, you know, where things got so bad, they had to make a quick you know, choice and it happened very fast, but that was really about, I mean, the losing and the dysfunctional locker room played a part in it, but they had the benching of Eli Manning as the trigger there that just threw John into a frenzy and he ousted the coach and general manager. This was described to me as more of a slow burn, but it, it was stunning how quickly and also how long it took because, yeah, I mean, John Mara talked to the New York Post on October 24th and said he's firmly believed in Judge as, as strongly as he ever did. And you know, I reported in mid-December that Mara was telling people he was safe. Other national outlets did it. You know, everybody has reported that even right before Christmas, he looked safe because at that point, things were going bad. Joe Judge's press conferences were starting to go off the rails. And the whole time, my understanding was they were saying, we're not going to make a change. We're not going to do this. We're just Let's just get through this end of the season. And then we're getting rid of the general manager and we'll start over. But as John Mara said, it just... I mean, I'm laughing because it was kind of funny in a way, not for them, but it just kept getting worse. Every day seemed more absurd, every press conference, every coaching decision. And you could just sort of feel it at, you know, at one point he had to just say, and he did, I, I can't take this anymore. And it was the one caveat all along was, you know, he's safe as long as this doesn't turn into a complete embarrassment. And then it did. And I don't know that, I don't know that anybody saw it coming. I've got to believe that Joe judge by the end of the season had a sense of it, but even he had to be shocked because by Christmas, I'm sure he's sitting there with his family feeling like we're fine. I'm coming back next year. I might have a say in the GM search. This is all great. We get rid of Dave Gettleman. We're going to, it's all for, we're going to get healthy bodies, two first round draft picks. We're going to win. And then two weeks later, he's out. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it was crazy because even as, as you said, I mean, heading into the last two weeks of the season, I'm, I'm not sure I would have seen this coming. And then because you, you can you can explain away losing games and, and not being able to function in some ways on offense because of the injuries and the change at coordinator or not having a quarterback. Yeah. But but you can't explain away looking looking like a ragtag semi-pro team, looking unprepared, looking dysfunctional, yeah. and and just some of the absurd things that Joe said. I think that that press conference after the Chicago game was the first time I really thought yeah, he might he might be out and he might know it because it, it that eleven minute rant 
certainly sounded like a plea for his job. It seemed like it was directed. I think I wrote at the time, it's either directed at his bosses to let them know this isn't as bad as you think the players. And you know, we now know maybe there was some unrest in the locker room. Maybe he wanted them to know it wasn't as bad as he thinks. Maybe he was trying to convince himself. Um, but at that point it seemed shaky. He seemed like he just didn't know what to say or do anymore. You know, and still, I actually still believe that had they won their season finale or even been competitive, they were taking it down to the wire and it looked like the players were fighting. I think he might've still been the coach. I think there's a chance at that point, John Mara says, you know, look, I, they just fought and that's great. And, and I, I see something there, but they, I mean, I, I hate, I hate saying players quit because I, I don't know that that's ever really fair to them, but that's sure what it looked like over the last couple of games. Yeah, I just don't even know if if quit is the right word, Ralph. They just they just it looked to me like like the coaching staff had no idea how to put them in a position to to do anything productive, you know, especially offensively. And and I thought that the whole clown show comment and the fact that he opened the door up so wide to people to wear clown costumes to the game on Sunday and became a butt of a joke nationally just that's the one thing I think John Merrick can't stand is being, is, is being laughed at. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, for his father, his father before him, the thing was always empty seats and irrelevance at the end of the season. And that matters too, but yeah, the, them turning into a joke, uh, you know, it made him again, do what he's really never done, which is just blow up everything. Need a quick thought from you on Dave Gettleman, you know, before we, before we call it a show here, Ralph, it was obvious that Dave had to go at, you know, after four double digit loss seasons, it just wasn't getting better. It was obvious that, you know, in retrospect, he shouldn't have been the general manager in the first place. They should have had a better process. And so many people were upset that the giants allowed Dave to retire, that they allowed him on the field, the day of the the final day of the season, take pictures with family and friends and all of that. And I'll be honest, I had no problem with that at all. No problem with just let him finish the season out. This is a guy that put 35 years of his life into the NFL, probably 20 of those into the giants franchise. He wasn't successful at the end. But what does it to me, what does it matter that they that they let the guy take some pictures? He's out. They're moving on. What difference does it make, you know, that they let him take some pictures on the field? I mean, does it upset you at all? No, not at all. And I think this is kind of incredible fan anger, irrationalness. I don't know what the word is there. Um, It's it's just the crazy anger of the fans have gotten them to the point where I don't think they would have been happy unless Dave Gettleman was carried out by four security guards and literally thrown into a dumpster that would have made everybody happy. Other than that, the rest of it doesn't matter. I mean, there is an element of class. Like you are, you know, they, they could have, when Tom Coughlin left, he did not want to leave. He was fired. There is no doubt. I believe the press release said he has agreed to step aside, which is total BS because he did not, he only agreed to it when it was clear that if you don't do that, you're going to be fired. Dave Gettleman showed no indications that he was going to retire 
until he realized he was going to be fired. So don't let's not pretend that this is, you know, he he had a choice. He said, John, I know you love me, but, you know, I, I, I've had enough. So the, the rest of it is semantics. You know, as you said, he's been in the NFL for three decades. He's been a part of the Giants organization for almost two decades. He's done. He, he won a couple of Super Bowls with them, was an instrumental in that. Okay, so you know he's seventy years old. He's never going to work again in the NFL. You frame it as a retirement. Why? I don't know why people are upset about that. And the idea that you know I've heard from a few people. Well, well, they didn't let Jerry Reese retire, and you know he he was far more accomplished. Okay, but Jerry Reese didn't want to retire at that point. He wanted to work again. He was much younger, and you know it was midseason. There were there were other. It's a different situation with different people. I'm not saying they treated Jerry Reese well. He probably deserved the chance to have photos and everything else and not be shocked one morning when he went to work. But those were the circumstances then. With Dave, John explained he didn't feel like he'd be behind the eight ball if he waited till the end of the season. So honestly, their GM search probably began, you know, in November. And I'm sure they made calls and let's, you know, they didn't they didn't come up with this list overnight. You know they've they've been accumulating it and talking to people and doing their research. So the rest of it's just semantics. Everybody's got to calm down about that. You know who cares? You 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 should be good people and do right by people when you can. And there's no reason to literally throw him out the door. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey Ralph, thank you very very much for the time. Before I let you go, uh, why don't you let people know where they can find your work? Just in just in case they're they're not sure. Sure. I mean, any of SNY's platforms, we do videos, we do a, a, a digital football show called The Tailgate, which is on our Twitter at SNY TV or Facebook, YouTube. And of course, our website is SNY.TV. I'm pretty much writing something every day and surely will until the Giants have a coach and general manager in place, which might be a few weeks, but you'll, you'll get hopefully get every bit of information and analysis right there. And, and just one last note, Ralph, you yeah. know, Giants fans, if uh, if you feel really, really bad about having to watch the Giants every week, feel bad for Ralph. Ralph has to <laughs> has to cover the Giants and the Jets, the two basically worst franchises in football for the last four years. And you get a double dose of 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 misery. It is unbelievable. I've been at SNY for six years covering both teams and. I've been keeping track of this because it's been so awful, but the two teams combined are 60 and 134 in that time span. Amazingly, that includes the 11 and five playoff season with the giants in 2016, but otherwise uh, it has just been, I mean, it's been a great run at SNY. It has been a miserable football run for those six years. And it's still not my fault, even though everybody blames me all the time. You are the NFL's leading expert on bad football, Ralph. I am. I am. Uh, I am the biggest loser. No doubt. <laughs> All right, Ralph. Thank you very, very much. Giants fans. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe on all of your favorite podcast applications. Take care of each other. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.
first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.